0: Forty nine is deep in the heart, like Joe Montana in the corner, deep heart, Garrison Hurst, Stiff Farm, or ninety nine, don't get it twisted, one and all with five time John Teller, Jerry Rice down the sideline, NDB, greatest owner of all time, Groove, Walgre, Bill Bellachek, were all students of Bill Watts, don't
1: ever forget. I'm Lee Gowland, I'm Brian Davis, and this is the Forty Niner Fateful UK show. With the uh, first selection in the 2005 NFL Draft, the San Francisco 49ers select Alex Smith, quarterback, Utah. Utah. Well, this seems like a bit of a nightmare, Brian. I don't know about you, but Sunday it was an absolute abysmal showing from the team, and we are now looking at picking number one in next year's draft.
0: Uh, it's just welcome to a new low, isn't it? I've... I don't know where to start.
1: To be honest, well, I think it's, um, it's it's quite a good coincidence that we're recording this podcast on the eve of Halloween, because it does mm. feel like the thing of nightmares. In fact, I'm actually naming this particular episode "Rock Meets Bottom." I, I think that's the best I could come up with um, to describe Sunday nights. I, I can't even say a football game. To be honest. Um, It was an absolute, utter farce of a performance by the 49ers. Obviously, the week before, I turned around and said about the Rams game that it was unique in the season, that we hadn't played like that before. It was the first time that we'd actually been embarrassed, sort of. I didn't expect to see that this Sunday. I thought we'd go out and we'd win the game. And to be honest, for for parts of the game, we we were in control on defence, Um, But that obviously disappeared in the fourth quarter, which was very annoying when we'd been playing so well, pressuring Josh Rosen, not getting the sacks that we should have been getting. But then in the fourth quarter, we just stood back and, and let them control the game, let a rookie march down the field twice in the fourth quarter and beat us.
0: The difference with the Rams game and the Cardinals game was the fact that we went into that Rams game with our eyes wide open, didn't we? We knew what we were letting ourselves in for we knew potentially what would happen with that game we knew we would probably lose we knew that there's a chance we could be on the end of hiding but we shouldn't have lost that game on Sunday in the same way we shouldn't have lost the game against the Cardinals three weeks ago it was just it was shameful it was embarrassing it was unacceptable it, it was miserable from almost from start to finish I mean 5-3 at halftime 5-2 whether it was at halftime pathetic pathetic
1: yeah, I mean, I, I can't disagree with any of that. Uh, and, to, and to be honest, I mean, it, it does bring up a, a positive away for us, believe it or not. I mean, we can now officially say we have not been beaten by the worst team in the NFL because we are the worst team in the NFL.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: I mean, obviously, you have to discount the fact that we've beaten ourselves on many occasions. So theoretically, you could say we've been beaten by the worst team in the NFL. But yeah, I mean, it didn't leave, it didn't leave any warm and fuzzy feeling after Sunday night. There was a lot of upset fans, which is understandable. To to watch your team put in that type of performance, it it wasn't just one person. It was a a team effort to to be that bad, really. Um, I, the the first one I'd point out is CJ Bethard had an absolute nightmare. I think in the mm. Rams game, he looked as though he was lacking in confidence. I don't know why that is. I don't know if it's the amount of sacks he's been taking, which, to be honest, a lot of that is on himself for holding the ball too long. But that seems to have carried over into the Cardinals game. And he did. He just looked as though he was lacking complete confidence, which came as a bit of a surprise. And I, ju- I just think he's taking too many hits.
0: Yeah, he's holding on to the ball too long. It's just... It's just, it's just hard to watch. It's, It really is hard to watch. I mean, at some point, I just think, what, have, what what, are we actually going to start talking about in two, three weeks' time? Because I'm losing the will to live by just watching the team at the minute. It's just such hard work. And I, yes, we've got backups out there and whatever, and but we threw that game away. Um, I mean, there wasn't really anything of note that happened in there, was it? It was such a dull, boring game. And on that last last drive, I don't know why we were only sending four. We weren't blitzing. You know, we threw away what fifteen three fourth quarter lead against a rookie quarterback. We can't at the minute. Kyle can't close out games, and our defense is being out schemed. We, sh- you know, we should still be better than what, what we are. There's there's not even really any excuses with the injuries. I, I'm I'm getting quite concerned about why. Kyle doesn't seem to have the ability to, and you know, to try and go out and win these games at, at the minute. It's it's worrying, and it, it's yeah, it is. It's just really, really worrying as to why we can't go out and and, and win these games and close these game out at the end.
1: Yeah, we've talked about in season firings on a couple of episodes now, but the more we go on into the season and the more we see performances like that, I think the worst thing that can happen is not fire somebody in season. And a couple of the people I've picked out uh, that should be the first to go is our our defensive backs coach. I mean, our defensive backs haven't just been bad in Shanahan and Lynch's era, but they were bad for Tom Sula, they were bad for Chip Kelly. We have been absolutely stinking the place up at cornerback
0: Mm -hmm. for the
1: last four seasons. And for the last three seasons, it's been exactly the same coach that's there. Um, Jeff Hafley. I think you call him. Um, So he's number one on my list. He's got a big target on his back as far as I'm concerned. Um, The next one, you you look at, um, I think it's Rhea Wright, who is the defensive line coach, or he might be the strength strength and conditioning coach. Uh, Either way, both of those coaches have got targets on the back. Strength and conditioning, because we're getting so many injuries, and it seems to be more than any other team. So there's something mm. not going right there in the whole strength and conditioning program. And then you look at the uh, defensive line. We've got four first-round picks on that defensive line, and we've got absolutely no pass rush whatsoever. So you have to look at the likes of um, Jeff Scarnina, I think that's how you pronounce his name, uh, and Rear Wright. So both of them, along with Jeff Halfley, those are the first three I'd go for. The only reason Salah's getting any sort of leeway with me is because scheme-wise, he seems to be okay. Obviously, that last quarter was terrible. The the way we stood off them and didn't rush in there, I I thought that was really poor. But I think you'll learn from that. Again, we discussed this a couple of weeks ago, and and I mentioned Salah's head's got to be on the block. But he is a first-time defensive coordinator. He does have a lot of experience in really good defences. Is this something that he will learn over time? And at at the moment, this season is definitely a learning season because we're mm-hmm. not competing. So does he get a little bit more leeway because of that? I don't know. Yeah,
0: possibly, possibly. I mean, I've been against a mid-season sacking until this last game, but I think at this point, I don't care who it is. Just 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 make a change, and I've I've whittled it down. I know the one person that will um, send shockwaves through the NFL uh, and through the fan base if that person is sacked, and I'll name them now. Joan on payroll. See,
1: I thought it was Maureen from accounts. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think they must work in the same department. It's, it's funny because yeah, when you I were guess. saying that, Maureen's name was going round in my head. And I don't know if I've read that <laughs> in one of Bill Walsh's books, or whether or not that was the uh, the Jim Tom Sula, because Jim Tom Sula came yeah, up and Jim he Tom he
0: Suda was Joan on payroll. Was it? it? Yeah. yeah. So yeah. I
1: think Maureen in finance, she was in uh, Bill Walsh's book about uh, the squad takes <laughs> care of itself. But yeah, we yeah. think along the same lines there.
0: Yeah, it's got to the point now where you look at the strength and conditioning coaches and you know the defensive backs and defensive line it's it's just not good enough it's, it's frankly not good enough I, to be honest we probably won't win another game this season now I'm of that way of thinking we, we we might even struggle to beat the Rams starters in week 17 sorry not the Rams starters the Rams backups in week 17 do you not think we, we genuinely might go 1-15 and 15. it's how can you lose twice to the Cardinals and then expect to go and beat other teams in the league
1: so that's the thing it's- now that we have lost twice to the Cardinals, and we have, we, we must have, we must have hit rock bottom. D- does that not now give us something to turn around? I mean, th- there's got to be a lot of those players absolutely embarrassed about Sunday's result. And I've seen pictures of Kyle Shanahan. He, he sat on the floor in the locker room. Um, that pretty much the locker room's completely empty, and he looks as miserable as sin. He is taking these defeats personally. I know he's got a lot of hard decisions to make, which is why I'm wondering whether or not we'll see a change in the coaching staff. Now, we've got the Raiders Thursday night, and then a week on Sunday we have the yeah, New York Giants. Yeah, nothing's going to happen on a
0: short turnaround. No. Nothing's going to happen on a short turnaround.
1: Well, to be honest, I think if anything happens, it's going to happen after the Giants game.
0: Yeah, we have got, yeah, a bye you've got week. that sort of 10, you know, 10, 15 days, whatever it is, with a bye week after the Giants game to get your stuff back together again. and. Uh, Try and work on something. Yeah, but it's just, uh, it's, just <laughs> it's just watching us go potentially losing against another two teams who are equally as bad as the as the Cardinals. Yeah, but I just think that uh, it's just uh, <laughs> I don't know what to say. It's just unacceptable and embarrassing. It's like it's it's shameful. Like.
1: So embarrassing.
0: Uh, where do we go from here? Uh, um, yeah, it is. I, I think embarrassing
1: in? is definitely the word that would sum up the very last play of the game. I, I wasn't yeah. even sure whether or not I should even broach the subject of the snap. Mm. That was, was probably horrendous.
0: Yeah, yeah. It was like the first play of the Super Bowl a couple of years ago with Denver and Seattle, wasn't it? It was. You know, I know. Yes, he's a backup and whatever, but. It's just, yeah. How many times have we mentioned basics? Yeah, yeah. We can't get the basics right. If you can't snap the ball to the quarterback, what's what's the point in uh, even trying? It's. It,
1: have you it's seen the interview that Magnuson gave in the locker room after the game?
0: I've not. No. no.
1: So, so he did. No,
0: I tried to distance myself from all radio and everything over the last sort of forty-eight hours since the game. I've just sort of. Uh, I've just sort of made myself busy doing other bits and bobs in the last couple of days, so it's not really, you know, I've just tried to take a, a backward step from anything to do with the team and from the NFL, really, since that game. Yeah, let your
1: blood pressure come down a bit. I can understand that. Yeah, yeah. If,
0: we, yeah, so, yeah. if we'd have recorded this on uh, Monday morning yeah. or Monday evening, we'd have probably needed a bleep machine. Yeah. Um, It probably wouldn't have been...
1: It would have sounded like Morse code.
0: Yeah, it would have been, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and... um. Yeah, it wouldn't have been particularly pleasant. No. It's not particularly pleasant now um, because, sort of, uh, what do you talk about? You know, it's everything's going wrong.
1: So Magnuson gave that interview in the locker room after the game, and they all obviously everybody had asked him about the the snap uh, and and what happened, and he, he was upset. He he was crying. He he couldn't was yeah he? he couldn't hold the tears back. He said it's it's one of them them things that go wrong. Once every 3,000 snaps, he said, I don't know what happened. Um, all I can do is apologise to the coaching staff, to the players, uh, to the fans. I'm, I'm just absolutely devastated at what happened. Uh, and he was, like I said, he was in tears. The poor guy was absolutely choked. Doesn't particularly help us. Although it does kind of take off the, I want to kill Magnuson" for that snap type of feeling. Uh-huh. Um, and you can see he is human. He does take it to heart, just like I. I would imagine all the players take it to heart whenever they make a mistake and something like that happens. So you look at that and you think, well, at least they care. We definitely well, yeah, know the players exactly. care. Yeah. So that's one thing. I mean, you could even say that's a positive. We know the players care. Let's just hope they can actually step up and do something about it, though. Yeah. So.
0: Of yeah, the, I just uh, just don't see where the next win's coming from, to be honest.
1: No, I've, I've
0: even yeah. even up against the Raiders on Thursday.
1: Yeah, again, I mean, like we said uh, pre-recording, I've looked at the I've looked at the stats, I've looked at the matchups, and they're pretty much similar to last week. We've got favourable matchups across the board. What we did against the Cardinals twice, and yeah. we've been beaten off them twice.
0: The the person I feel sorry, most sorry for is Andy Hodgson. He's flown out there and watched those last two games. You know, we both know Andy. and
1: Yeah.
0: If I was him, I'd send Jen, Jed a blooming invoice.
1: <laughs> yeah, he must be good at going out to watch that.
0: I mean, how bad? I mean, I went out there a couple of seasons ago and we got absolutely bloody poleaxed by the Buccaneers. And that was bad enough. But to go up and watch what he's had to watch the last two weeks, I mean, Jesus Christ, it's like... I think the lingerie bowl winners would have given us, you know... We would have given the Cardinals a better game than what we did on Sunday night.
1: Yeah, no doubt they would have done. So the, the the normal structure of the podcast is go through the negatives, go through the positives, anything else, and then go on to the tips. I mean, starting with the negatives, and like I said, pre-recording, if, if I'd gone through negatives and wrote all the negatives down from the game, I'd have been on forever. We'd have had pages and pages and pages, because it was just utter dross that we sat and witnessed. So, I'm not going to do that. I mean, I can't see any value in doing that. We we know we're bad. We know it was a poor game. Like I said already, Bethard seems to have lost all confidence in the last two games. We've only had, in that game, two drives over 30 yards. and Both of those yeah, resulted in more a touchdown games.
0: And field goal. Yeah, I've watched more entertaining games over here in the UK than I did that Sunday night game. Yeah, and I've watched some terrible UK teams.
1: <laughs> yeah, it was a poor game to watch. It was it was frustrating. And it did leave you thinking as though you've just been run over. Yeah. It's like, what the hell happened there? So, I mean, positive-wise, Kendrick Bourne put in a good game. I, I thought he was quite useful. Um, he did really well. Mm-hmm. Obviously, he wasn't helped by many of his uh, teammates around him. Kittle continues to be a bright spot. And and uh, uh, even at this stage, I mean we're coming up to the halfway mark. And I think Kittle has definitely wrapped up the team MVP award. And that's yeah. with another eight games yeah. remaining. Um and the only other positive was no turnovers.
0: Yeah, we won the turnover battle. We Yeah. But <laughs> again Cassius Marsh had a had a well at the uh Got to the quarterback for the safety, didn't he? That was that was good, but yeah. there was nothing else after that.
1: I think Ronald Blair did. did Ronald Blair get a sack. He did. Yeah, didn't Blair he? Yeah.
0: Good. yeah, Blair had a sack. Yeah. yeah, But it's just it's just not enough, is it? No, we're we're seeing little flashes, but not it's not consistent.
1: So what I did notice is they moved Solomon Thomas from the right side over into the middle um, to the left of mm-hmm. Buckner. And it's funny that because we mentioned that, I think it was on Friday's podcast. Would Solomon Thomas not be better moving inside and slotting it yeah, and the side?
0: Yeah. yeah,
1: and to be honest, he did actually look a lot better. So, yeah. I mean, hopefully that's the way forward. Keep Solomon Thomas right next to Buckner, and then you've got Armstead, Thomas and Buckner all on that uh, middle to the left-hand side. Cassius Marsh over on the right. Granted, he's not, <laughs> he's not an elite pass rusher by any means, um, I, no, it's just I would, the best of what we got. Exactly. <laughs> I wouldn't even put him as an average pass, pass rusher. No, but he is no. the best of what we've got. Um, Cornerback-wise, obviously, Sherman had those two passes where he was beat, but it wasn't as always beat by a million miles. And he, he played some absolute blinding blocks during the game. That catch... that he did,
0: although he did get beat. Big time on that one to Kirk at the end, and he was about 20 yards off of him, wasn't so he? So
1: that was the one.
0: He was sat far too soft on yeah. that one.
1: So I was thinking more along the lines of the Fitzgerald catch, which I thought was an absolutely yeah. fantastic catch by Fitzgerald, uh, and Sherman was literally on his back. I mean, what, what more can he do? He, he was he was basically glued to him, and Fitzgerald still made the catch. Yeah. So we've got Auckland up on Thursday. What do we need yeah. to do? What do we need to do to basically put a smile on people's face? Uh,
0: we need to win the worst primetime game ever. Um, if you look at, I, I did read an interesting stat. Um, I think it was immediately after the game. I can't remember which beat writer put it out, but someone put it out that on records alone, it is officially the worst primetime game after October ever. Because um, it's a, both teams go into the game with a 0.133 record.
1: It's a bit of a shame that we couldn't have been flexed out of Thursday night football because I could have done is, without getting up I mean, at uh,
0: one o'clock Friday morning to watch this. Yeah, I mean, luckily I'm off work this week, so I'll, I'll be able to stay up and watch it anyway. But I really don't want to. It's uh, <laughs> it's gonna be it's like the toilet bowl, isn't it? It's, yeah. uh The Raiders are terrible. We're terrible. They've got no pass rush. We've got no pass rush. Their quarterback's wobbly. Our quarterback's is is shown. Decent couple of games, and we sort of, we got quite high on him. But he, he looks like a blooming shell of himself now. I don't know how you sell it to the public. It's, it's an embarrassment. It's essentially a team being torn down that doesn't want to win to get as high draft pick as they can against a team that can't buy a win. And yeah, honestly, it's uh, I'm struggling to come up with anything new other than what we've said about playing other teams this season in similar circumstances. You know what. What do you talk about? The, the, you know, the team we're playing are crap. We're crap. So Last team to, to kick the winning field goal win. I <laughs> guess.
1: <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, I mean, I've turned my attention basically away from what we need to win or what we need to improve because everybody knows what we need to improve uh, and basically took the the approach of if we are picking number one in the 2019 draft, do we pick Nick Borsa?
0: Uh, I've no idea. Like I say, I, I don't tend to, well, I've not got the time to watch college football anymore than what I used to have. Um, so that will all be stuff that I get that I'll start doing probably over the Christmas holidays and stuff when I'm sat at home between Christmas and New Year, getting fatter, eating all of the leftover quality <laughs> street and, <Yeah. laughs> and nuts and, and fruit pastels and tubes of, Jelly tots and stuff—that'd be the kind of thing. that well, yeah, I'm going to spend three, four hours in a YouTube wormhole looking at draft prospects for you know the top of the top of the first round and players who might drop into the second round. That—that that, start to be when I really look at it, because at the minute I just don't have t- any time to allocate to watch college football on a Saturday. I've got other commitments on a Saturday, um, and then obviously it's NFL on the Sunday, so. Yeah, fair play if you've got the time to sit down and watch college football on a Saturday and uh, and then watch the NFL on a Sunday. But yeah, at the minute it's just not something that I've uh, I worry myself around and you know about until at least Christmas time because like I say, it's uh, a lot changes between then anyway, doesn't it? Yeah. how many times have we yeah, we've sort of uh, read about these prospects that oh he's going to be number one overall and he's going to be the next best thing and then come the sort of pro days and and all that kind of stuff and then the you know the combine and whatever. All of a sudden they start to slide. Then the next thing you find out that they were caught with cannabis back in five years ago or whatever. Or you know, is he's, he's got in deep embedded problems with his family and whatever. And then all of a sudden they start tumbling down, tumbling down. And you, you know, someone might spend. You know, what's the point of me now spending three hours looking at someone on YouTube and go, yeah, he looks really good? And then the next thing, you know, find out that, that he's, he, he doesn't even make it in the NFL or whatever. You know, I just haven't got the time to, to sit and do that. That's that's for other people who know what they're looking at.
1: Yeah, I think it's going to be a question that's going to be debated from pretty much now onwards because we, we all are resigned to to picking definitely in the top five now, I would say. I, I can't say he's picking yeah, outside all, the top all, five.
0: All of the optimism is gone. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. It, it definitely has. It just feels as though you've been given a, a really good kick in, to be honest.
0: Um, yeah. It, it just, just goes to show that how much of a difference Jimmy made, doesn't it, when he came in last season? Because we were heading down this path last season, and then he came in and he won the last five or six games of the season.
1: Yeah, And then you take him out of the
0: team and we're straight back on that slippery slope again, aren't we? Yeah. It,
1: I mean, it did make a huge difference to the way people felt at the time. Um, unfortunately, it, yeah. it basically raised people's expectations based off one player, which isn't fair on Jimmy. And to be honest, it's not fair on the coach and staff or the organisation either, because they always said it was going to be a three, year, three years to rebuild before we compete for the playoffs. So that's looking at the end of yeah. next season. So if we're in the same position next season, then yeah, I think everybody's got a good right to feel aggrieved about the way the team's been built and has been run. But until we yeah, get into yeah, if we're next one and seven season,
0: next season, then there's going to be hell to pay. Yeah,
1: I mean, we, we've still got free agency and the draft to come. Um, one of the reasons to for delaying the podcast by twenty four hours was the fact that um, it's the trade deadline tonight, uh, nine o'clock UK time, I think that it is. Um, and I was kind of hoping to see something happen, either players leave, yeah, I've, players just, I've been in.
0: I've been walking around in a suit. And a yellow tie all day. What's going on? <laughs> yeah.
1: But nothing. Absolutely nothing. Sources are
0: telling me. Sources are telling me absolutely
1: nothing. Yeah, sources are telling me nothing either. I've I've been glued to Twitter, yeah. and nothing's coming through. I'm definitely expecting Garson to leave. I think we'll shift we out have a bit of a Garson, self, shouldn't we? Yeah.
0: Well, I mean, Jimmy Ward.
1: Yeah, Jimmy Ward. I mean, Jimmy Ward's actually tweeted himself. He doesn't know if he'll be here next week. He doesn't know if he'll yeah, be super up on Thursday.
0: Um, can we get can we get a bag of balls and uh, you know some new shoulder pads or something for Jimmy Ward?
1: Yeah, I mean Jimmy Ward, who's going
0: to take him? I, I have no idea. I don't care at this point. If yeah. we can get some sixth, seventh round picks for these guys, then nothing's a given in the draft. But maybe we can use, you know, if you if you can get two or three extra sixth or seventh round picks, you can. Uh, get some little packages up for moving up and down again on draft day can't you
1: yeah so I mean they're talking about Garçon will be either a 6th or a 7th round pick I can't see Jimmy Ward being any better than that definitely no no
0: you are not get much more I mean, we, 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 we probably won't get much more than a 6th or 7th for anyone on the roster right now even if you look at it, Eric Armstead I don't think you get more than a 5th a or 6th for him maybe no possibly at this not, point yeah. possibly yeah. One well, thing is with someone like an Armstead, I, th- I think I'd be more prepared to take me Lumps on a Jimmy Ward and a Garçon and get rid of them and sort of uh, potentially try and keep someone like an Armstead around just to see if if we do get a new defensive line coach or if there is a change in the sort of defensive uh, management system next season, then maybe someone might get more out of them than they would a Jimmy Ward and a Pierre Garçon right now. In terms of if there are any new changes on, you know, the defensive back, yeah, coaching staff and the wide receiver coaching staff, I don't know. So one one of the Honestly, things. Armstead's like a little bit younger, isn't he?
1: Yeah. Well, one of the things I've been looking for is who's coming up to free agency in February, and who would be worth trading for, just to take a shot at them and, and bring them in um, with a low round yeah. pick. Find out how they play over the remaining games. And then decide whether or not we're going to offer them a new contract. I, I, I think that's a worthwhile strategy to take, as long as you're not giving up too high a draft pick to do that. And yeah. I, I think I wouldn't be looking to go any higher than a sixth or sixth or a seventh. No. But yeah, I mean, there'll be players out there. I mean, there might be some marquee players out there who are on non-competing teams, who we maybe already have an eye on, come free agency in their March that yeah, we might think yeah, there
0: probably is yeah
1: yeah we we might be thinking should we guarantee we've got negotiating rights with that player and trade for him now it's all a bit of a gamble and a bit of a risk yeah it, it is it'll be interesting to see how the front office actually handle that
0: i think people get a bit carried away with the nfl um free agency period as well because uh, i think people over here get so used to our transfer deadline day and, yeah. and the way that that goes around and gets conducted and the hype and everything around it i mean the, the hype around that in recent times is is quite ridiculous really when you look at what sky sports do with people outside training grounds and stuff and the way that fans were getting involved and it just got way overboard didn't it with that i mean it used to be back in the day and i know we always sort of go oh back in the day it was much better but i remember getting home from uh, from school and then from work and checking teletext and that, yeah. that was what happened on Trans. Yeah. You know, and and then when it went from page six or six to six or seven, you think, oh, you know, and, and then you wait for page seven to come out. i oh, know we still haven't signed anyone. Then <laughs> <laughs> and that was it. Yeah. And, uh, and and baseball is the same. Baseball's crazy, isn't it? Baseball, there's trades all the time. There's people moving left, right, and centre. Players to be announced later and stuff like that. And 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 to be trans. You know. Traded for money and stuff and what have you. And it's just not the same in football. Every so often you'll get a bit of a blockbuster come along, you know, a bit like we did last season when we went and got Jimmy. But I think people are starting to expect those kind of deals every season. And it's, I just don't think it's going to happen. I don't think the NFL is set up for. To work in that way.
1: No, you, you're right but you can see that there's a lot of fans that don't actually understand that and they think that free agency in the draft is is a lot like the transfer window and they also think that yeah. the salary cap, for some reason works the same way as transfers as well We've got plenty mm. of money, why don't we spend it? it? It's not as simple as that You, you need to have that yeah. money for next season's uh, players that, that are running out of contract that you want to re-sign. Yeah. So you can't just go and spend yeah. it. Plus, the cap that you carried forward from last season, if we don't spend it this season, you can't carry it over to next season. We can only carry what we should have spent this season on this season's cap across. I made a good point in the the group um, to to the response of a, a post about we, we should have, uh, the people that we've brought in uh, uh, obviously not good enough, possibly not. We we're only in eighteen months worth of rebuild and we have mm. now have 42 new players on the roster uh, and 19 new starters from the Tom Sewell and Chip Kelly days. It doesn't mean that those 42 players were all of the right quality. It's just that they were available that fit the scheme, and the players we mm-hmm. had didn't fit the scheme. So get rid of the players yeah. we have, bring in these players that fit the scheme. They might not be the quality we, we want, but they fit the scheme, and they'll play the way we want them to play. So... Just because we've brought in 42 new players doesn't mean that's the 42 players that we want going forward. We're always going to try and improve it. But yeah, we've got an interesting end of the season coming to see what happens, whether or not there's going to be any changes personnel wise as far as the coaching staff's concerned, whether some of the fringe players get a game. Um, I would say the way we're playing at the moment. We've got to give Nick Mullins a shot towards the end of the season. Just a couple of games to get a little yeah, bit of experience, see what he's like. He may be somebody that ends up being our quarterback next season. Bethard might yep. not be here. Yep. And then we we signed a couple of safeties, a couple of cornerbacks who who are on the fringe. Maybe he's even look at the practice squad. We've got players on the practice yeah, squad definitely. who are Absolutely. pushing.
0: Yeah, why not? I, I, I couldn't agree more with that. I would definitely give Mullins at least two games. Yeah, I know it'll probably be one game on, in week seventeen when everything's done and dusted. But yeah, why not put him into a, a competitive game where there's something on the line and see what happens.
1: Yeah, it's the only way we're going to know whether or not they are progressing during practice. Yeah, because during practice they're just thrown; they're not in a proper game situation. So yeah, we, we need to give the, the younger players or the newer players. Plenty of game time, because we're not losing yep, anything
0: by doing that. Definitely, and it's like I say, it's disappointing that the season's gone the way it has, but it's happened now, and it's it's hard. It's going to be hard to watch the rest of the season, but it's you know now now we now we know what's where we are. Now we know that our level. It's we've got to have a look at at what's on there now, because at the minute we're just sort of uh, limping in rudderlessly to the finish line aren't we yeah
1: definitely without shadow of a doubt right tips or tip do you want to go
0: should we do the Levi's Stadium tour I think we should <laughs> the do the Levi's. Just to try yeah. and finish on a high because jeez um, if you're going all the way to San Francisco Santa Clara and you're going down for a game even if you're not going for a game, then I think, <laughs> I don't know why we haven't talked about this yet, to be honest. We've been talking about all these weird and wonderful bars and bits and bobs here and there, and we've sort of uh, not talked about the elephant in the room at the stadium, have we? So yeah, the, the stadium tour and the museum are uh, second to none. Just a, a brilliant morning or a brilliant afternoon out. Um, it's it's well worth travelling down there and doing it. It's uh, It's fantastic.
1: Yeah, and the museum's got uh, quite a bit of stuff in it to, to read. So if you're one of these people who do go to a museum and read everything, give yourself plenty of time because there's a lot in oh, you could there. You can be
0: there all day if you read everything. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah there's definitely a lot in there. Um, and with you being a member of the 49 for the UK, because we're an official booster club, you can get free entry into the museum. So if you are going to go out there, let us know, and we'll arrange for the tickets to be picked up from the box office and that'll save you some money. And as far as the Excellent. stadium tour is concerned as well, it used to be on every single day. That is now not the case. It's only on certain yeah. days. I think it might be even only be on a Friday now. Um, so please check that before you actually go down there. Um, they always recommend you actually buy tickets. I've never done that once, and I've always gotten straight in, to be honest. Um, but just make sure that it is open on the day that you go down there.
0: Yeah, there's loads of artifacts from our past in there. There's uh, various different players, game-worn jerseys and helmets and balls. There's a recreation of Bill Walsh's old office. There's loads of interactive TVs with stories and videos. And there's various different bits and bobs for kids to get involved in. And then, obviously, in the museum, you've got all of the uh, Hall of Fame and the legends uh, of all of our Hall of Fame players and coaches and stuff there. And, yeah, you probably could spend all day there if if you're that way inclined. Um, and then on the stadium tour, you know, you go up into all of the media offices and the media rooms. You go up onto the roof garden. There's different bars to go and look at, different restaurants. Um, have a look at the concourses and all the different food vendors. It's uh, yeah, you can just really immerse yourself in in everything San Francisco 49ers and everything that's new and going on in in the new stadium, which is uh, obviously set up for not just football. It's set up for. Everything now, isn't it? set up a monster truck and concerts and you name it. They're, they're having it in there, aren't they?
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. And just remember, it is Santa Clara, so it's going to be absolutely and hot when you go down there. So take <laughs> some sunscreen, and you might want to ask Andy Hodgson, who's our group expert on suntan cream. <laughs> He'll be able to make sure you get the right stuff. Right, one last thing. Um, over the last... 12 to 18 month, I've had various people ask me about the flag, whether or not we're going to order any new ones. Um, if we do so, um, can I let them know? I ordered one yesterday from a new supplier. So once that arrives, I'll have a look at the quality of it, see, see if it's worth basically branching out to the rest of the group and find out if anybody else wants a flag uh, buying. It obviously gets cheaper the more people that do it. Um, so for one person, basically my flag that I ordered yesterday it costs £72, I think it was, and you get free shipping. Um, I think if we get five people, that price drops down to £65, and then if you have 10 people, it goes down by a further couple of pound, or £63. Um, so whether or not anybody's interested in that, let us know. Once I get the flag, I'll let you know what the quality's like, uh, and then we can sort out something. Right, so sounds good. So hopefully Thursday is going to be a better game than what Sunday night was.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, I think we're we going to do a prediction.
1: Oh, what's the over under? I haven't actually looked at the over under.
0: I've not even looked. I've, I've,
1: <laughs> right, well, completely blind. I'm going to say it'll be under because I can't see the over under <laughs> being.
0: Yeah, whatever whatever it is, I think we're we're going to we we'll go under.
1: Yeah, I, I think we're going to go under. Um, You know, I'm being unfair here because I'm always the optimist. I'm always glass half full. So I'm looking at it. I'm forgetting all about the Cardinals' defeats. And I'm looking at everything that went before that when we played well. And I'm kind of hoping beyond hope that we go back to playing well offensively. So I'm going to say 31-15. Niners.
0: Okay. I reckon that'll probably be the over wouldn't it? I was
1: just thinking that as well. Once I give you yeah. a prediction, I think that's going to be the over. Yeah. Um, you know, in all reality, it's probably going to be something like 12 12.
0: Yeah, you've stolen my thunder there. Um, <laughs> I'd <sighs> so want to pick us to win, but I just think. Ah, oh, sod it. 15-12. <laughs> 15-12. A field
1: the Thursday rest. night
0: game ever. And the Thursday night games aren't very good anyway. They don't lend themselves to good football matches because the turnaround recovery from Sunday games is just too quick. It's just uh, another money-making scheme for the NFL. The games are invariably terrible. It's the kind of game that you don't want any of your fantasy players playing. And to be frank, if you've got any fantasy players playing in... This game on Thursday night, then you need to reevaluate what sort of league you're playing in and what sort of players you're picking because oh, <laughs> I don't know. I've got Robbie Gould. And, uh, well, yeah, Robbie Gould might be a good pick, as, and yeah. whoever the Raiders kicker is this season now, I've got no idea. No,
1: I've got no
0: um, idea. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's not going to be good. Let's say Thursday night games don't lend themselves to be good games anyway, so it's, it's going to be. It's going to be a lot of punting, a lot of field goal attempts and minimal action, I would say. Yeah. That's my real Debbie Downer.
1: (laughs) We we can only just hope that Andy has plenty to drink at the tailgate before he goes into the game.
0: Is Andy at this game as well? He is at this game. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Yeah. Poor sod.
1: Because it worked out that he could get to three games in the space of a fortnight and only have to take a fortnight off work. So that's why he did wow. it. Yeah, so the, the the poor lad's going to be at the Raiders game as well.
0: You're a trooper, Andy. I love you, man.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Absolute diehard. <laughs> no, no doubt he probably can't remember anything about the Cardinals game.
0: That's the best way. Yeah. You. Right, well. Getting them fireballs down your neck on Thursday.
1: Definitely. So something to numb the pain something you yeah. definitely need, you need to on the pain.
0: Fireballs and Cocodamol.
1: <laughs> right. If you have listened, thank you very much. And medical marijuana. <laughs> oh, a big shout-out to Martin Hughes as well. Um, Martin came over overseas at the tailgate at Wembley on Sunday morning. Um, two pints in his hand. Both of them for him, of course. <laughs> He's definitely from Liverpool, is our Martin. But big shout-out to Martin. Hope you enjoyed the game. Hope you made it home safely. Um, thanks for listening guys fingers crossed that we get a better result on Thursday night no doubt we'll come back to you on Friday with the review show uh, and hopefully we might have some positivity yeah, yeah. to give you and yeah. uh, no funny Adam's family intros this time
0: no it might just be the funeral march uh, well, to the podcast next week yeah <laughs> I've, I've done
1: a search for that
0: yeah. already yeah I nearly Realize played a mad world San Francisco 49ers yeah <laughs>
1: Yeah, I'm glad we can laugh about it, though.
0: You have to. It, yeah,
1: it's it's painful, but we can laugh about it.
0: It's. I was fuming on Sunday night, Monday morning, and I was still pretty peed off Monday in the day, but it's uh, that's just one of these things, isn't it? It is. We, we, it's no fun supporting the Patriots winning the Super Bowl every other year, is it?
1: No, and <laughs> I mean, when we have seasons like this, and we have had a lot of seasons like this in the past 20 years, years or so well no it's not a case if you get used to it i I don't think you get used to it because it still rankles with you all the time Mm -hmm. it does and you always want to have a better season anybody would but i think having seasons like this does make you appreciate the better seasons even more you you enjoy it whenever
0: we win super bowl everyone is going to know about it yeah without my whole street is going to know about it yeah um yeah, there's going to be a party of the ages when that eventually happens because I think everything will just come out. All, the, all of these seasons that we go through now, all of that, will there'll just be a release of everything.
1: Yeah, I agree with that. Right, guys. Thanks a lot. See you Friday.
0: Yeah, the San Francisco 49 is deep in the heart. Like Joe Montana in the corner deep park. Garrison the stiff Still going 99. Don't get it twisted, want it all with prime time. John Teller Jerry Rice down the sideline. NDB greatest on the up all time moving. Walter Bill better check with all students of Bill Walsh don't ever forget.